0: Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's
1: start. Hello, sports fans.
0: Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP,
1: it
0: is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. And a long one back into right field. That's got some carry to it. Joe will run out of room, and that baby's gone. Over
2: St. Petersburg RHS TV studio as uh, the Rays just keep on rolling baby 26 and 6 the major league's best record and here come the Yankees and they eh, they're average at best I don't want to say they stink they're over 500 but they're they stink. Their average is better stink. all right there you go the Yankees stink go ahead say it Nikki good morning to you how you doing buddy I'm doing great
1: I'm very energized tomorrow is my birthday I'm turning 24 I got my trop tickets for tomorrow I'm gonna be right. there. I'm gonna be there to see them beat these sinking Yankees. I passed by the drop this morning on the way to work, came over the Skyway today, a little different a little wow. different trek today. And I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to roll. My Cinco to 20- drinko too. Cinco you de- got
2: big plans for Cinco to drinko? You're gonna hit about 50, 50, 60 coronas with lime tonight? No?
1: I mean, do you approve drinking on the job? Because I do work tonight.
2: Well, I'm not gonna be a hypocrite. <laughs> we've done it before okay. we've done we've done many I mean what do you, what the hell you think's in this coffee just coffee hey it's Friday it's Cinco de Drinco what are you doing it's, it's tequila coffee on Cinco de Drinco Woo! let's go uh no I I could not, I could tell you this, Casey, this
1: Casey's gonna be at her friend's place tonight for a Cinco de Mayo and they're all bringing the all the guys and everything and I am not I am not making the trip though I am not, not. making the trip no
2: so the wife is going out to a Cinco to Drinko party, and you're not going because you're working? I'm not
1: going because I'm working. Wow,
2: wow, that's a, uh, that's that's a tough one.
1: It is a, little bit a tough of a, one. It's a tough one. It, it's it's oh. tough to swallow.
2: You're not you're not even uh, after you get off at, at midnight, or you you'll be going over there
1: uh, after midnight. I'm rolling over into my bed, and I'll see you in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> I am <I'm> not a <laughs> night out like that. Nope. And she'll have,
2: she'll have the tequila hangover, and you won't.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. She'll be stumbling in through the door about the time I get off work, probably.
2: Yeah. Well, there'll be a there'll be a Cinco de Drinco party going on at uh, the drop today with the Yankees coming in. Uh, this is going to be fun, and the and the Rays are just absolutely rolling. By the way, Doug Wechter will join us at ten fifteen. We'll chat with him about some Rays baseball, uh, Valley Sports Sun analyst, and then at ten forty five, Mike Neighbors will join us. He, of all uh, things, knowing of the New Orleans Saints, will get an update on the Saints draft and where they are right now. Um, last I checked in Vegas, the Saints were the favorites to win the NFC South. And that's obviously uh, Derek Carr generated. And um, not that this is big news, but uh, the way too early 2024 mock draft, Todd McShay has the Bucks moving up from the fifth spot to get Caleb Williams as their quarterback of the future Now, would Bucks fans right now trade a four or five win season this year for Caleb Williams as their quarterback next year hell yeah I think that's a unanimous unanimous yes yeah. yeah yeah now first of all lots of stuff have to happen right you know you gotta you gotta suck next year number one number two you got to have the ammunition to move up and get it and number three you got to have a team that's willing to trade with you to go up to number one and what are you going to have to give up it's not just one number one it's going to be two number ones and two number twos and uh, and when you're rebuilding for the future giving up and it's not like the the bucks are flush with draft picks they don't have a whole lot of extra draft picks they don't have any extra draft picks they've no made no big trades to pick up an extra one which is normally what you have to do to move up so uh, that's just this just food for thought, uh, it would be almost impossible for the Bucks to to um, to reach that. And I think, you know, quite frankly, what the Bucks are thinking when you kind of really get a feel for what's happening um, in one one Buck place. I think what they're thinking is they they're going to find their next quarterback. He's already in house. It's either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. And, and people say, well, Baker Mayfield, this is just stupid. Well, the dude was the number one overall pick for a reason. Um, I don't think you can put complete bust into his category just yet because of the situations that he's been in, and I don't even, you know, I don't even count the Carolina Panther situation. I just don't. Fact of the matter is, Baker Mayfield um, started poorly, and then when that team got good, he got good, and they won a playoff game. And then the whole Deshaun Watson stuff happened. You know, look at that organization. Look at the Cleveland organization, and you tell me that that was. A, a place for a player to go and thrive and now the measurables are still the same from when he was drafted Bruce Arians will tell you that he that he had Baker Mayfield uh graded above any of the uh had a better grade than any of the quarterbacks in this draft so you know, you could you could say hey they're just they just drafted the number one overall pick just a few years later whatever they feel like this guy can be a good player and 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 the same with Kyle Trask, to a, to a lesser degree. Obviously, he wasn't the number overall, number one overall pick, but they feel like that's the guy who dominated the SEC in his senior season, and given a good team around him, can, is good enough, and reads the field well enough, and is athletic enough. And as we heard Dave Archer say uh, yesterday on the show, he when he did that SEC championship game with, with Trask against Alabama, he was shocked at how athletic, how much more athletic he was than he thought he was. And we are told that Trask has worked tremendously on that. His body's in better shape, and he's more athletic than he's ever been. So, look, I, quarterback – and there's no – by the way, there's no guarantee Caleb Williams is going to be a great professional quarterback. You know, And, and the chances are it's, it's 50-50 at best, right? So, you know, stop thinking about tanking. Stop thinking about, oh, we could <clears throat> get – stop it. Stop it. I Enjoy will- the journey. Enjoy the journey. See what happens with these two guys. You never know. You never know.
1: Yeah, I do believe the Bucks truly believe that they have their long-term answer in the building, right? They want to believe that. Yeah. And I think they had put the vote of confidence in those two dudes by not drafting a quarterback this year to bring in extra competition or a guy for the future. You know the right. flaw, though, with McShay's mock draft? There's a big flaw in this whole scenario.
2: Uh, it's about 365 days too early. That, that That's number one.
1: If the Cardinals are going to be this really, really crappy team, and they have the number one overall pick, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they ain't trading that number one overall pick if they have a chance to get Caleb Williams. No, seriously, they're true. I don't they're care. If, I don't care if they have Kyler Murray on a 50 million dollar a year contract, which is uh, I still cannot believe that's a real sentence. They have they have him for 50 million a year. That's crazy. But if they have the number one overall pick and he, maybe they even shut. Maybe he doesn't even play this year. By the way, Kyler Murray. Right, He's not going to be ready to go, I think, by the regular season. So you're going to roll with Colt McCoy, and your roster stinks. What if they're like 0-7, 0-8, and, and, and Kyler's ready to come back, and they're just like, you know what, Kyler? It's a lost season.
2: It's a yeah. lost
1: season. Get healthy so we can trade you in the offseason. We can trade gonna, you in the offseason, Because right. we're going to have the number one overall pick. That's the flaw in the whole thing. If the Cardinals have the number one overall pick, I fail to see how they're going to trade out of that. And the other flaw with that, and we've talked about this, is there a scenario where the Bucks could fall flat on their face and win four games? Yeah, of course there's a scenario. But how sure. likely is that going to happen? Because we don't believe it. I think a lot of people who follow this team do not believe this is going to be a four-win football team. So I just don't think they're going to have the fifth overall pick anyway no. to even make a trade to even get up. Because if somebody's making a trade at number one to get Caleb Williams, you've got to have a pick inside the top five. Exactly. To make it worthwhile. And, based on what and, an extra,
2: and an extra number one in that, in that draft as well. Well, the,
1: it's going to be the following year because look at what uh, the Texans kind of just basically set the market back, right? The president's there. You're going to have to trade your number one the following year to move right. up to the top of the draft to get a premium player like they did with Will Anderson. Does that sound like something Jason like would love to do? No. I don't no. think so.
2: No. And they also gave up, what, two twos in this draft. Or two, they gave up two twos. And yeah, two they have traded some they picks out, that. and he
1: doesn't yeah. like having. He does not love if he does, if he's if it's bugging him that he didn't have a fourth round pick this year. It's going to yeah. bug him if he doesn't have a first round pick in twenty twenty
2: five. And guys, don't forget this. I mean, and this is not lost on uh Jason Light. The who did the Bucks win their Super Bowls with
1: veteran free quarterbacks.
2: agent quarterbacks, free agent veteran quarterbacks, not drafted quarterbacks. It's hard to draft a quarterback. Nobody knows that better than the Buccaneers. Well, I should say draft and develop a quarterback. Nobody knows that better than the Buccaneers. And there's nobody there that can sit and say, hey, listen, um, you know, there's no way uh, Baker Mayfield's ever winning a, a, a Super Bowl. It, why, why would you say that? How do you know that? How do you know that? Drew Brees had a second act. I mean, there's a lot of quarterback. Brad Johnson had a second act in his career, right? There, there were times that whoever who would have said Brad Johnson is going to win a, a, a Super Bowl, he was a tenth round draft pick. Do you want to throw? He did have, have
1: th- tenth round. Do you want to throw Nick Foles into that equation
2: too? I, th- throw Nick Foles in there as well. I mean, Joe Flacco. We could go on. We could we could go on and on. You know, there's there's probably more guys like that than there are number one overall picks that have won Super Bowls. When you look at the the, the top five quor- quarterbacks taken in the top five, and 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 I'm here to say. It's probably easier to go get a guy like a Derek Carr, who you know who he is, surround him with good players, and then go see what happens. That's, you know, I understand getting a Tom Brady is a little bit, you know, because it's Tom Brady. But it's not just been Tom Brady. It's been other free agent quarterbacks that come in and win Super Bowls. So, well, I mean, it's, it, you I don't will have say, to just draft one. It, I, it can work many ways.
1: I will say, though, the way the league is trending right now, and at least the last few Super Bowls, the guys who are playing in the last game of the season, it's usually these all world quarterbacks. Right. The last three yeah. Super Bowls, it's been Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Joe
2: Burrow, and Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Those have been the quarterbacks. Well, Jalen Hurts, second round pick. Yeah. Right. Not a number one overall, not even a first rounder. Kind of like who? Kyle Trask. Right. You don't know. You don't know. So I just, everybody that's going to say this could never happen, this could never happen, it's hold on. Let's see how this plays out. Let's see how good Dave Canales is. Let's see how good this offensive line is. Let's see how good this running game is. Let's see how good this defense is going to be that has added so many players. Let's see. I'm not, you know, then that's just about the Todd McShay thing. It gets me a little bit crazy because now everybody's going to start going, okay, yeah, if we just tank and get yeah, – why not? Let's just do – let's just hope for a bad season. No, no, no. Keep building like the Eagles did. They won a Super Bowl and they kept building and winning. Right? You don't have to just go right into the tank. You can just keep winning and have good seasons and then get back to the big game. Um, and, 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 I, and
1: I will say this too, by the way. The Bucks have done this before where they've tanked a complete season, or at least tanked a few right. games in the season to get the number one overall pick, and that, would, that led them to Jameis Winston. Now, I know everybody thinks that Caleb Williams is like this, this generational quarterback prospect, right? And maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. I want to see it for another year at USC personally, but I don't think there's a huge gap between Jameis Winston right. and Caleb Williams as a prospect. I don't see that gap there. And the Bucks kind of tried to do right. that with Jameis, and we saw how that worked out. And Jason like to me, is the kind of GM that has learned from his mistakes the first four years as a GM. Because if you look at his first four years as a GM and his drafts, you would never believe that he's still the general manager of Bad. this team. You would never believe <laughs> right. that. And he yeah, has, he's learned so much from his mistakes, and I don't know if he's willing to go back down that rabbit hole. So, I, yeah, as much as... Again, I'm not going to, by any means, if the Bucks stink or whatever, and they have a chance to get to number one and get Caleb Williams, like, I'm not going to totally hate it. it. You still need a quarterback, because right. that's going to tell me that Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask didn't work out if you're picking right. at the top of the draft. So clearly, I think it's a deal worthwhile. But I think Jason, like, the way that he usually operates, especially the last five years as a GM, tells me that he probably would not force something like that.
2: Right. And I, I think... Um more than anything, when you when you talk where the Bucks are going, especially next year, this defense has to step up. They just invested a lot of money in this defense in terms of bringing back Jamel Dean. You already signed Carlton Davis. You you, you brought back Levante David. I get it. Not a lot, a whole lot of money. You're paying another inside linebacker eleven million dollars. You're paying Vita Vea what uh, sixteen seventeen million dollars a year. You've got another nine uh, another eighteen seventeen invested in Shaq Barrett. Most of your money, your big money, is invested on that defensive side. That defensive side better get off the damn ball and come after people and make plays. And that, that's just, you, you've got a lot of money sunken into a lot of players on that side of the ball. I mean, you've got, you got, what, $34 million sunk into two corners? Well, damn it, people <laughs> better not be throwing for 400 yards on this defense. Somebody better turn into a ball
1: hawk, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, somebody,
2: I mean, somebody needs to come up with five interceptions this year if we're paying this much money. I mean, how much money per interception can we pay? Let's go. Let's go. So, look, um, you know, there's, there's, I think it's going to be a fun season. I'm looking forward to it, and there's a lot to learn about these new guys who are coming in uh, for the rookie mini camp. So, I'm, I'm, I'm interested, and I love the fact that everybody's overlooking the Bucks. Everybody thinks the Bucks are going to suck. Good, good, fantastic. That's great. We're under the radar. Let's go. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Doug Wechter is going to join us. We're going to talk some Rays baseball after last night's 3-2 win and sweep of the Pirates, and here come the mighty Yankees. Oh, it is baseball season. Fun to talk Rays baseball, we got the best team in the league. All right, uh, we're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S, lawgroup.com. Great to have Scott Jeeves into the studio yesterday. Fun to chat with him about Gator football. If you need an attorney, he's your guy. Personal attention, great law firm, lots of experience. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Back in three with Doug Wicker. Stay with us. Hey, guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bammc.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or bammc.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back that doesn't happen with the jeeves law group personal attention is what they're all about when you call the jeeves law group you will be part of the family they will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies these larger companies will promise bigger settlements but it's the jeeves law group that will get you the best results if you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms check out the jeeves law group go to jeeveslawgroup.com tell them JP sent you get a free consultation It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with J.P. on Fan's Dream Sports. It's only just begun. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show. We're coming to you live from our Orlando studio as uh, Nick Geddes is in our St. Petersburg studio there at RHS-TV. By the way, you can download the RHS-TV app. It's in over one million homes in Tampa Bay. So if you're on Amazon Fire or you're on uh, Apple TV, you got a Roku, just download the RHS-TV and you can see our beautiful faces on your huge 100-inch TV. I mean, what could be better than that in the middle of your living room? That's all I That's all I can. You know what could be better than that? Having Doug Wechter on. Unfortunately, he's not on the stream, so we can't see his handsome face and his wonderful hair. But we get to uh, tap into that incredible knowledge. What's up, Doug? How are you, my friend?
0: Oh, I got a lot of product in that hair today, too, JP. <laughs> uh, you would love it, man. A lot yes. of product. Just don't put me anywhere near an open flame.
2: <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, that don't sit next to Hollaber because, oh, yeah, he's an open flame. Um, now listen, listen, this team, speaking of hot and open flames, this team is just hotter than a match. I mean, we could go over the numbers, 26 and 6. Only six teams have started that well. Four of them won the World Series. One won a National League title. So, I mean, how do we predict? I mean, early returns, how does that predict future, future success? And I would say it – It bodes well for the Rays if they can make sure their bullpen stays healthy. What what say you? Well,
0: yeah, I I think you nailed it. I mean, look, health in general is always going to be the biggest concern for any major league club, right? Uh, And then when you talk about a club that is put together this well and constructed this well and everything clicking on all cylinders, I mean, it seems like the only thing that could hurt them at this point is going to be the health. Because if they stay healthy, uh, this is just pure dominance. That we've been watching and witnessing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's the race 25th year in existence and we have not ever even come close to this kind of success early in the season. I mean, this is, this is just on a totally another level. And, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that you want to, it's really hard not to get ahead of ourselves, right? We start looking at these records right. and, and what they're doing to these other teams and you're thinking, all right, man, well, it's World Series or bust, right? But, you know, there's still a long season. And so the health is going to be the biggest issue. I think, you know, a little concerning is also the bullpen, like you said. Um, It's always one of those things that the Rays have always figured out, you know, bullpen arms. And it's it's if you're going to have any kind of issues on a club, you know, that is the one area that you can fix pretty quickly. You can get a couple arms in. You can make some trades. You can do some things if you need to. Uh, to help prolong, you know, that run in, the, in October. But, uh, but yeah, at this point in time, I mean, you, we're we're having to nitpick uh, to find anything wrong with this team because it's been so much fun to watch how much they've just been dominating.
2: Yep. And this uh, this this win yesterday had a lot of different storylines to it. And let's start with with Zach Eflin, who was marvelous, ten strikeouts. But it, the day was weird, right? You have an umpiring crew that wants to make him take off his rubber wedding ring, which is on his left hand in his glove, by the rules, it says you can't have a ring on your hand, but I think they meant pitching hand. Uh, This is so ridiculous. As he said, other umpiring crews just say, yeah, whatever, it's fine, no big deal. Um, This one had a hard on, but I will say this. If the umpire is going to make me take off my ring and then give me another six inches at the top of the strike zone to, <laughs> to get called strike <laughs> I'll three, I'll take the trade any day, right? Yeah, that's so right. I, was I there I'm a little bit of give back there? I don't know. What, yeah. what happened there?
0: I'd be piling on my necklace, my, my rings, whatever else you want. <laughs> if you're going to give me another six to eight inches on the zone, uh, I'll give you whatever you need. Uh, but look, Zach Eflin, man, you know, the ring aside, which was, I thought, ridiculous that they made him do that. Um, The ring aside, you know, this guy was brought in for a reason. And the race targets specific guys because they, you know, according to their analytics, they see something that can really, really help with the club. And they see something they can also get this pitcher or this player to another level. Um, and, And that's exactly what's happened with Eflin. They think the best years are ahead of them. And so far, it's been great. I mean, this guy's gone out there. Of course, he went through a little bit of an IL issue. But, you know, um, that being said, when he is healthy, he's he's been locked in. I mean, he's been the Zach Eflin that you hope you were going to get. Uh, you know, six-pitch mix. Guy has swing and miss potential with every pitch, but also commands the zone better than almost anybody else in the league. And so, you know, that combination, it's just so hard to find, right? Usually you got a guy who can command the zone, uh, but he gets weak contact. And then you got a guy who got a lot of swing and miss, but he has a tough time with command or control. Uh, Eflin's got them both. And that's why he's penciled in at top of this rotation right behind McClanahan. Uh, and we'll see where he is when Glasnow comes back. But, you know, he could be a really, really big weapon for the Rays. And we saw that potential yesterday, you know, going out there, striking out double digit, double digit batters from the Pirates who the Pirates are a good team. You know, are they going to keep up the pace that they're on? I don't know about that. But they have shown a huge jump in the right direction for that organization. And, you know, they're playing really well. And for the Rays to go out there and take three in a row, I think that just, you know, it's not going to squash the people who are saying that they have a weak schedule up front, which, I mean, nobody's arguing the schedule. Um, the argument is that because of the dominance they've had, you know, you can't say that this is not one of the best teams, if not the best team in the big leagues. It doesn't matter who they're playing, Right. If it was one-run games going up against some of these guys and, you know, they're just squeaking out wins here and there, yeah, okay, maybe that argument holds. But the fact that they've been wiping the floor with their competition, uh, and the big reason for that is pitching and going back to Zach Effin, he's been doing his part.
1: Yeah, I mean, they continue to just win in different ways as well. I I mean, I said this yesterday, if they want to get into a slugfest, we can do that. You want to play a 2-1 tight game? The Rays will do that because they're not going to make errors and they're not going to make silly decisions uh, on the base path. So that's been great to see. But you talk about the rotation, and we mentioned Eflin there, but I go back to even the day before Shane McClanahan, who had one of his better outings, and, you know, he's the first pitcher to get to six wins. Uh, Just speak to that, I mean, because Kevin Cash said he's finally found that consistency that makes him now one of the elite pitchers into in the, in MLB, so just speak to that consistency that he's shown this year, and where do you think he slots in now among the the game's best?
0: Yeah, you know that's a great question because first of all, we get we get a chance to watch him every five days, and so I don't think the national media really pays attention to him the way we do, obviously, and so they don't recognize how good this guy is. Um, I think he's I think he is absolutely in the talks of one of the best pitchers in the league, uh, left-handed or right-handed. You can put him up against anybody, but if you want to go just just southpaws, um, you know, he's got to be one, two, or three. I don't know how you would rank him any lower than that because of what he's done over the course of the last year plus. Um, the consistency they're talking about, you know, to me, that you can see the strength in his consistency. When you look at his first, let's call it three outings of the year, And I think we would all watch it and be like, wow, he was good, but he's not, he's got some more in the tank, right? Like his command was not as sharp, if you want to say that, as we've seen him in the past. And, you know, we're saying this for a guy who at that point was straight up, right? And that's how good he is. That's how consistent he is, is that he can go out there and win games without his A plus stuff. And he can do it at a very consistent level. And then the last couple outings, you see him with his A-plus stuff, right? You see him, uh, you know, as the guy who started the All-Star game last year. And you see him as the guy who can go out there and literally take out any lineup that you put together in the big leagues because of his arsenal. You know, we talked about Eflin being so good because he has command and swing and miss. Well, I mean, that, my God, that's exactly what Shane McClanahan is. Um, he is an ace of a staff. He's got four-plus pitches. My son was asking me the other day why Shane's so good. And it's almost hard to explain how much better he is than everybody else because he's got every weapon you can think of, right? From, you know, the stuff, it's all there. Four-plus pitches that are unhittable at times. Um, the command, right? But then you talk about uh, just, you know, his competitiveness. I, I think that's what sets him over the top for where he is and why he's the number one in the rotation because you got to be a bulldog to go out there and face everybody else's number one every five days and, you know, be 6-0 in your first six starts. I mean, that that is right there telling you how competitive he is, how he's not scared of any situation, and how good his stuff is all put together.
2: Doug Wechter joining us here, former Major League pitcher himself, obviously with the Rays. And I'm going to go – we're going to go deep into some real inside baseball stuff here because of what Eflin did yesterday, the 13 swings and misses, seven – called strike threes, which is just, that's that's off the chart as well, and, and Derek Shelton noted that Eflin's sinker goes one way, his cutter goes the other, and Taylor Walls kind of pointed out the same thing. He said, it's like a video game when you have two pitches that are working with complete opposite shapes of each other, and you can put them on either side of the plate. As a hitter, at that point, you've got to pick and choose what you're going to look for. You can't cover both, So, and this may be the secret sauce, right, to what the Rays do is that they see guys with certain pitches, but they're not sequencing them in the right way. They're not using them enough, and this is where all the analytics come into play. They come to Tampa Bay, and now they say, like, this is the way we want you to sequence the pitches against this particular player, this particular player. So it just gets really deep into these micro details, but that's why they get the results they do. Is that, is that fair to say?
0: yeah i think that's right on point now you got to be careful with it because everybody's got the same information out there right right i think what makes the race so special is the way they utilize it and they don't overwhelm the players so you know these guys are geniuses when it comes to numbers and analytics and they're geniuses on sequencing kyle snyder is just he could teach a you know a master's course on how to sequence and how to get the best out of these guys Um, they can also shape pitches. I mean, they give these guys a little bit different shapes to the pitches and they create more swing and miss at times. So yes, I think, you know, on a very vague approach, when you're looking at it, you could say that, you know, they, they come in and they help pitchers, um, identify which pitches are best for them and they want them to utilize them more. That's a very basic way of saying, you know, uh, of, of speaking about how good they are with the race on, you know, teaching guys how to utilize their stuff. Now, when you want to dig deeper into it, um, yeah, they identify Eflin as a guy who, you know, what makes him so good is the fact that he can throw these nasty pitches for strikes. Right. And, you know, we're talking about a guy who they brought in Kevin Cassidy at the beginning. He said, At the beginning of spring, they're like, well, you know, his command is better than just about anyone out there in the big leagues. So, you know, basically they're good with him throwing east, west, north and south, right? So you can go in out with the cutter sinker that you were just talking about. They break both ways and he can also go top to bottom in the zone. Now, most guys that they have are power guys that go top to bottom. That's what the Rays really like, right? Tyler Glass. Now you've Shane McClanahan, just get their stuff in the zone, and the stuff plays in zone and we'll get enough swing and misses and weak contact with Eflin. You got four quadrants of the zone that you can go out there and work. And it, it's true. It's almost like a video game. This guy's command is so good um, that he could do that. But the crazy thing is everything looks like a fastball down the middle. Right. And this is why he's so good, right? It's like, it's called tunneling. Everything looks like it's coming out of the same tunnel. And then at the last second, it breaks off hard to one of the four quadrants. And, you know, for hitters to try to, to try to go up there and, and, you know, put a good barrel on that when he is on, like he was yesterday, it's one of the hardest things to do uh, in any sport, you know, namely Major League Baseball.
1: Yeah, and let's switch uh, over to the offense, right? Because, I mean, unlike most years with the Rays, I mean, the pitching's been great. I think they're still, like, number one in ERA, but they're also number one in, like, every statistical offensive category, which I don't think anybody... What have told you they had through, for the first 30-some-odd games of the season. Uh, just what, what are you seeing with just their approach at the plate right now? Because it seems like it's one through nine, and even the guys who aren't playing every day, it doesn't matter what lineup they put out. They don't have any drop-off at all. What has surprised you most about, about this offense this year?
0: I think, you know, how selective they've become as a unit. Uh, honestly, they've preached – to this team before about less swing and miss, you know, get more selective. And then when you're ahead and count, try to take your chances, right? Yandy Diaz is a perfect example of this. This guy is absolutely amazing with his eye at the plate. I mean, he can go out there and he can tell you what's a ball on a strike. And if he takes the pitch and they call it a strike, I mean, I'm shocked when I'm watching this dude because he identifies the strike zone better than any other major leaguer. But what they've finally gotten through to him, and they've preached it to him for years, but he's finally, I wouldn't say accepted it, he's finally really embraced it, is that now when he's ahead or sometimes even even in counts, like, go ahead and jump on one. Go ahead and try to lift one out of the park or put one in the air. Uh, The same thing, you know, all the way through the order. And they're so selective at the plate right now. They're driving up pitch counts of opposing pitchers. They're knocking knocking starters out of the game quicker. Uh, they're also putting more contact on the ball, right? Striking out less than they were before, hitting more home runs because they're capitalizing on better counts. And they're also you know, being selective, watching more pitches. They're getting better you know, deep in the count. You look at guys who especially have guys with runners in scoring position, Randy Rosarena. This dude is a guy who was kind of a gripping and ripping guy throughout his entire career. Now he's understanding that being selective and having an idea of what the opposing pitcher is trying to do to him, how that can benefit him. And I, I think that's all tied together. And I think it's more of just an offensive approach overall and in general to the game. And it's not one of those where just go up there, super aggressive and be ready to hit it's go up there with an idea. And once you work yourself into a positive count for you as a hitter, then let's try to capitalize on something. And so I think Chad Matola should deserve a lot of credit. Um, you know, the coaching staff in general, just to be able to get a whole team to buy in, that approach uh, because it's not easy to do. And like I said, I mean, it's something that they've preached to them for years now, but they are really, really embracing it. And we're seeing, you know, huge benefits because of
2: that. Well, hey, Randy and Rosa found out they have a scouting report on every game in pitchers. And it's like, <laughs> wow, look at Wow, man! I use this. Oh, yeah, my natural we, ability. We actually know
0: who's pitching today. Oh, maybe let's yeah. take a look. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is crazy. I'm scheduled and everything. All right, real quick. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a weekend at the trop, man. Here come the Yankees, who are scuffling a little bit. Uh, no Stanton, no Judge, but who cares? I think the Rays are just kind of ready for an ambush right here. <laughs> you know, if you're if you're a little bit wounded, we're just gonna we're gonna go hunting even more. What do you think?
0: Yeah. You know what? I mean, look, you look at the Rays and what they did last year through all of their injuries. Nobody was feeling sorry for them. Nobody said anything, you know, it's baseball, right? Um, it was a really hard season to get through. They still made it to the playoffs and you know, it was a, it was a good season because they had to endure so much. Well, I think the Yankees are going through that now and you know, nobody feels bad for them. Um, you know, I think it's a really good time to be playing them because they don't have their main studs out there. Uh, but honestly, at this point in time, do you think the Rays would be scared of anybody? I mean, no. if I'm in that clubhouse, we got guys flipping balls in themselves, shortstop, <laughs> throwing, you know, over the first page with no issue. And it, it's almost like they're just playing around in their backyard and just stomping people. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, they, look what they did to the best team, at least record wise in the national league. They came in, yep. they swept them. I see no reason that they couldn't go out and do the exact same thing to these Yankees who are really, really hurt right now.
1: Hey, you brought it up what I was going to mention to you, the whole, the whole Wander ball flip, which has been, I mean, they, they highlighted it on ESPN and it was great, and they called them, you know, Mr. Wonderful, and then you have other people that are, you know, like, oh, this is not great for the game, why are you doing this and all that. Uh, I guess I'll just ask you, where do you land on that? And also, specifically, if you're Kevin Cash, you have a team right now that's playing the best baseball in the league, they have a lot of guys who have a lot of flair to their game, and they want to show that off. So, where as a manager, you think is the balance of what's too far and what's on that line?
0: Well, I think Kevin Cash is the perfect guy to manage it. Um, yeah. I think he's the best in the big leagues for a lot of different reasons. But one of his best skills is managing personalities, and that's what you have to be able to do at that level because you do have—I mean—you have elite athletes getting paid a lot of money. Coming from all over the world, everybody's got different personalities. You got to get the best out of all of them, and make sure you're not taking away the fun at the same time. And I think uh, Kevin grew up, and we played in the same generation where there wasn't this kind of flair, there wasn't this type of play in the field. And if there was, then a lot of times there'd be repercussions. But right. the game's changed, and you got to embrace the change with that. Uh, I think these guys are just having fun, and I think Cash knows that, and. Um, You know, if it gets a little bit too crazy to where it's taken away from the game, he has no problem stepping in and letting these guys know. Um, But, you know, I I think that he's done a great job of letting these guys be themselves. And that's why they're gelling so much. That's why they're becoming such a good team. That's why they're playing so well as a team is because they're allowed to be themselves. They're having fun at a very high level. It's stressful enough. You want them to enjoy it. And so Cash is doing a good job of monitoring that, not letting him get overboard, uh, but also, you know, not holding him back at the same time. Uh, with Wander, specifically that play, look, I got no problem with it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't believe it was predetermined. There's no way he sat there and was like, Oh, I'm going to flip this ball to myself if I get it. <laughs> I think it was one of those things that he just practiced it. And it also shows how relaxed this 22-year-old is in the middle of a major league game being able to do something like that. It's just insane. I I mean, that would never have crossed my mind if anybody <laughs> else is in the big leagues to do a play like that. But he doesn't because he's so casual. And he's, like I said, he's very confident and relaxed. He's not trying to show up anybody. Um, I think it'd be different if uh, he was specifically trying to show someone up in that circumstance or, you know, it'd be almost like, I I think it goes overboard when you have a batter, right? When he hits a ball and he's, you know, throws his bat 10 feet high in the air, looks directly at the pitcher, really trying to show somebody up. That's when I have issues, but that's not what I'm seeing from these guys. I'm seeing these guys have a lot of fun and they're not going overboard. And I, I guarantee you, if they ever did step overboard, you know, Cash would have no
2: problem bringing them back in to
0: where they need to be.
2: Great analysis right there from the great Doug Wechter. Uh, Doug, appreciate you all the time, man. We'll be watching pregame show tonight and all week long on Bally Sports. on. get your app right now if you don't have it, and you're not getting the, You're not getting the game. Stop complaining. Just pony up the twenty bucks. It's the best deal in freaking sports. Get your Bally's app. You get the pregame show. You get everything. The postgame show. All the other stuff. So, pony up. Pay Doug's salary. That's a lot of money going to that guy. (laughs) They need money at Bally's. Hey, there's
0: a a lot of money that needs to go to that hair product.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You need a sponsor. No question about it. We'll work on that for you. All right, bro. By the gallon. Between you and Joyce and Rich. My God. How do you guys not have a hair gel sponsor by now? My God. What the hell is going on? You know
0: what? I, I agree. Vidal. What is it? I don't even know. Mitchell's Vidal. I don't even know what kind of hairstyle products are out there. But uh, that's gonna be my next call.
2: And it's gonna make my VP of, of marketing and sales is gonna get you guys a deal. That's it. That's it. Done deal. We got it covered. Thanks, Dougie. Appreciate about. <laughs> Have fun this weekend. All right. Thanks, uh, boys. The great Doug Wechter, right there. Um, God, That's not a. That's not a layup for a hair gel company. Are they? Are you kidding me? Talk about product placement. Oh, it's all over the place. Um, all right. We'll. Uh, we got uh, Mike Neighbors coming up at ten forty-five. So yeah, you know. I, that was their play last night. I didn't see the play last night. I, I didn't watch the whole game, so that um, was a little similar to what Wander did. Look, I don't, ha- I don't have a problem with it. I think Doug nailed that. As far as uh, you know, if you're showing up somebody specifically, but Pitt, the Pirates had some issues with it. You know, I think that's more just butt hurt from getting swept, to be quite honest. So it is. I, I just,
1: I don't, I don't. Have I guess the weirdest thing I saw yesterday was the play at second, where Josh Lowe was was sliding into second. I don't know if you saw that one, and his, his hand, he kind of went over the bag, and he had his hand, like his fingertips were holding onto the base, and he was going to stick it, and then the second baseman for the Pirates just kind of like basically pushed his hand off the bag with the mitt. Right. And they called him safe, and then they reviewed it, and they called him out. And I'm like, okay, I guess we could just, if a guy's holding onto the base, I guess all you got to do now is just push him right off with your mitt. I guess is all you got to do. You can't do
2: that. That's against the, That's not part of the rules of baseball. You can't push a guy off a base. You Can't push his hand off the base. I, yeah, I don't.
1: I, this I, crew this weekend. I, I mean, I will just tell you this. I mean, based on the way Derek Shelton almost got ejected in the first game, he got ejected yeah. in the second game, and then you have the whole thing with Eflin. You had the. I guess there was a play at first, which I missed that as well. And then you have this one at second.
2: It sounds like this umpiring crew was just uh, all over the place
1: for this. Well, not only
2: second. that. I mean, I, I joked about it with Doug, but if you go back and look at the. Um, Look at the strikes, the called strike threes. Almost, uh, at, at least four or five of them that I saw in the highlights were out of the zone, out of the little box. But they were close, but he was consistently giving a bigger strike zone. Now, again, I didn't watch the whole game, so if he was consistently giving a bigger strike zone, to if he was consistent, I don't have a problem with it. Um, which I think he was, from what the reports I could tell, he was he was pretty consistent. So you got to adjust if a guy's calling a high strike, you got to adjust. It's as simple as yeah. that. So, but, but they'll still get that umpiring crew. They'll get marks off for missing those strikes. They, they have, you know, they have the, the robo ump, uh, they have all the, the metrics on these strikes and every one of these umpires get, get scored on whether they're getting it right or wrong. And so he's probably going to have a pretty low score that, that umpiring crew needs a talking to needs a talking to is what he needs. All right. Quick break. When we come back, Mike neighbors will join us. It covers the saints. We'll get a feel for what's going on in new Orleans with their new quarterback, their new draft. Much more coming up on the JP Peterson show here brought to you by the Jeeves law group and Bay area, modern medical center. They've got that true body machine there. They can give even Mike neighbors a 12 pack within a couple of visits. Just hook it up and it gives you uh, the uh, the results of having over 50,000 crunch sit-ups. So go check it out. B a M M C.com back in three. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on TrueBody and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz, the mortgage guy, did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595, or go to Scott at scottatamstampa.com insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive i mean where do you start which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair we'll call the great folks at italiano insurance it's a family-owned business jeff and Nat italiano are carrying on the sixty-year plus tradition of giving amazing customer service And giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents. And not some voice generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813 877 7799 or go to Italiano Let's go right now.
0: Back to the show with JP on Fans Dream Sports.
2: p peterson show on this friday we're coming to you live from our orlando uh studio back there in st petersburg is the great nick Geddes, whose birthday is coming up tomorrow where he will be 17 almost legal drinking age uh much he looks a lot like a young mike neighbors who once walked into my office in tallahassee florida many moons ago and he's still talking to me believe it or not, like 40 years later this dude still talks to me that's a you deserve some type of uh, award there. That's more than your Emmy that you have there behind you, by the
3: way. It's amazing how long we've known each other. I I teach now, and I talk about relationships and maximizing relationships. JP, have we maximized our relationship?
2: I think we have. I think I think we I think we have. Um, uh, you're one of one of the many uh, members of my proud my proud farm team that I have uh, developed over the years. So. Um, very, that's, that's honestly one of my favorite things to talk about is some of the folks I brought into the business and have had enjoy. And now you're passing it on as a legacy to the next group of all the kids you teach. Yeah. How about that? It's been, it's been
3: the best job I've ever had. Right. And I knew I would want to teach, but I just finished up my first year at Florida Southern College and it's been incredible. Uh, it, it's hard to say goodbye to them. Now You're with them three months I never thought I would be this emotional about saying goodbye, but it's been a great experience.
2: Well, when you think about it, I mean, there's, there, there, you know, we're gonna go a little deep here, Nick. So, join in. You put your big boy hat on. Um, relationships are are so important in life, whether whether it's, you know, in love relationships, parental relationships, friendships that you have, but the mentor pupil relationship, you know, that is that is special. It's really like I re- I remember. You know, my mentors, Chris Thomas, uh Rich Lenz, Mike Fabrizio, who were in, in Tallahassee at the time. Um, you know, I I I think, you know, Dick Crippen, who I worked with at Channel Eight, uh Beasley Reso worked with the Channel 44. So many of these these great guys that that poured into me, man, they took extra time because I was much like you, I was eager to learn. Much like Nick, eager to learn. I wanna know. And then those are the people that we gravitate to as as mentors, we're like, okay, this guy's serious. This girl is serious. She wants to learn. This Aaron Andrews, you know, she got a little something. I think I see a spark there, you know. And you want to teach them and help them as much as you possibly can. And you were, you were one of those folks. And so, and now you pass it on to others. Those relationships, you don't, I don't take them lightly. And those those kids that just learned under you for three months will remember you for a long, long time because you poured into
3: them. I appreciate it. You know, it's incredible though. Is in the cynical world that we live in, I really feel like most people want to help,
2: but of most course. people
3: want to help those who want to help themselves and be passionate about putting the work in and, and and wanting to move forward and and having a direction. And I was at an awards ceremony last night, and we were talking about you know having a game plan, you know interning, broadening your network, doing something you're scared of. All these things are great because when you're in college and those who want to be sportscasters listening to your show you have a job right now. Maybe it's a part-time job. Maybe it's a full-time job when you're going to school, but really your full-time job in college is to figure, figure out what the hell you want to do. Right. What's your passion? What direction are you going to go? And now's the opportunity to intern and try all these different
2: things. And that's yes. what I always
3: encourage my students to do.
2: Yeah. Before you get into the world where you're locked into a mortgage or locked into a right. relationship or locked into some place where you're going to live the rest of your life for whatever reason,
3: yeah.
2: um, try it all out. See what you want. I mean, I knew – I, I was going to be an attorney, right? But when I when I met when I met I my that. yeah I, I met my friends uh, Rich Lenz and Mike Fabrizio who were the sports guys at the local station where we were doing our, our TV show our Florida State TV show and I you know they started talking to me about interning and I'm like, well let's see I I played football basketball and baseball in high school and golf and tennis I, I've been every day of my life I've been playing sports or watching sports. Someone show my mom. Once famously said to me, the great Roxy said, what do you think you're going to do? Be watching and talking about sports the rest of your life? I'm like, and the light bulb should have gone. gone on. But I didn't even realize till that moment that, you know what, I, this could be a career for me. I've been training for this all my life. Why not go ahead and give it a shot? And I, you know, and I started intern. I'm like, this is definitely what I want to do. And thank God I didn't become another boring attorney.
3: Oh my God. Thank God! Well, you know what's funny is uh, I grew up. My dad was an attorney. I grew up around attorneys. I felt like when things got tough in TV, damn, I should have been an attorney. But I wouldn't <laughs> have been happy as an attorney. No. And, and this no. may sound hokey, guys, but my message to my class is: don't pick a career where you're like, oh, it's Monday. Oh, it's Hump Day. Oh, TGIF. Right. I, you right. know, don't. What is it? A countdown to the weekend where you enjoy two days of the week yeah. and then you don't like the other five days of the week. Uh, you know, I, I just, I just think you get one at bat in life, you, you need to enjoy it. Yeah,
1: and I'll, yeah. I'll even yeah. add to everything y'all said with like just a little bit of my experience, and I know y'all know this as well. Like in this business, like you got to love it, number one. But on the topic of relationships, I can't think of a single job I've ever had, even in this business or outside, where I didn't get it because I had the relationship with someone, right, right. that helped me get that opportunity. But you also got to go for it as well. Like a Absolutely. lot of it, like you said, you got to be want to help yourself. And even as someone young, like I I sat through the same college seminars and heard the same exact things. And you learn. At first you go, no, I don't need anybody's help. I can do it on my own. And then you get in the real world and you're like, no, no, it doesn't work that way. So the relationships is definitely, I think, probably the most important thing when you're kind of young and getting into the business. Every
3: Friday I don't do TGIF. We do TGIT. Thank God it's today. Um, And the last day of class I had a student give me a keychain. With TGIT on it, man, that that is worth more than anything I've ever received in my How life. How about that? Yeah, it was
2: great. Yeah, I never heard that. Thank God it's today. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Nick, that's your that's gonna be your birthday present. I'm gonna get you a little little band or something. You should we should come up with bands. TGIT, that's good. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of relationships, you've had one for a long, long time with the New Orleans Saints, um, and you know this is an organization. I think a lot of people are looking at the. the acquisition of Derek Carr and saying okay in a mediocre division because they have a quarterback that's somewhat competent and we don't know about anybody else's quarterback you get the nod for being the favorite. Um, Their their draft was probably where we're at. Draft was a little curious in my estimation but what, what do you make of where the Saints are at right now?
3: Well first of all Derek Carr is so curious to me because he's the same quarterback who came into New Orleans last fall and was shut out by a Saints defense. Now granted He's never played with the top 20 defense, but that's what makes football exciting. That's why we can't wait till the fall because I can't wait to see Derek Carr because everybody says, not everybody, but a lot of people feel like he's the missing piece. I'm not sure how much better he is than Andy Dalton. He's more mobile and everything. But Andy Dalton um, is a veteran too and played with some bad football teams. I'm going to be kind of cautiously optimistic there. But when it comes to the Saints draft, guys, think about this. I always feel hypocritical when I'm on these radio shows or your shows, or whatever, after the draft. Because what is more overrated in sports than grading the draft? I was looking back at the draft of Baker Mayfield and Sam Darrell. What a great draft by the Jets. What a great draft by the Browns. I mean, over and over again, we hear it. So I'm going to be tempered, but I will say this about the Saints. I love the fact they're always aggressive. They didn't move up this year, but they were aggressive last year. They moved up. They had two ones, but if they would have held on to their picks... They would have had, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Carter uh, potentially at the number 10 and the Eagles yeah. got him because they would have had that 10th pick. But hindsight's very easy. They got Trevor Pinning, a left tackle, and Chris Olave, who I think is going to be a great wide receiver in the NFL. But fast-forwarding to this draft, they filled needs, like the Bucs. I thought the Bucs did a great job of filling needs. The Saints did a great job. You know, Brian Brzee, I like him because he kind of sounds like Breeze, right? So maybe right. he'll be a success <laughs> in New Orleans. He was the number one recruit out of high school but had some injuries at Clemson, lost his sister last year. So it was a tough year for him. Many feel like he will bounce back. If you want to believe Mel Kuyper, personally, I love Mel Kuyper. Love him or hate him. He's entertaining. I (laughs) like Mel Kuyper. But Mel Kuyper said he was a top five guy a couple years ago before his injuries. They're hoping he regains his footing and is okay. But they lost the middle of that D-line in the offseason because, you know, the Saints' salary cap is an issue. So they had to address that. And they get Isaiah Fosky from Notre Dame in the second round. And then what I liked about the Saints guys, they were trendsetters. They knew the trend in this draft was to get a running back in the third round and the quarterbacks would come in the fourth round. They led the charge in the third round in the fourth round. What we love about the draft, though, let's look back in five years when all those running backs were picked in the third round and all those quarterbacks were picked in the fourth round, we'll judge it then. I love they addressed their needs, but I have no
2: idea. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we have no idea who these guys. Are. I, <laughs> hey, I know one. I know one name on that list, and that's a six-round wide receiver, At Perry, yes. who torched the FSU and everybody else in the ACC. I know he's yeah. not fast, but that dude knows how to get open and make catches. He's got a little bit of Michael Thomas uh, to him, you know, back in the day. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what 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 it turns into. Yeah. So when you look at the with with Carr and all the additions, what they lost on Yamada going to to the Falcons, they replace him basically with Brzee. Where do you see this team sitting right now? I, I would have to say because of Carr, they are the favorites, but it's, it's a toss-up in this league.
3: Well, Kamara's suspension is going to be big. Uh, yeah. How long is that going to be? Uh, many think it could be half the season, a quarter of the season, but they've addressed the running back situation this offseason to a degree. It's not Alvin Kamara. Uh, I, I like this football team. I, I really do. I think the defense is really, really solid. And I think the offense – I can't believe Michael Thomas is back. It's like the, the yeah. broken record in New Orleans – Oh, we're not going to see Michael Thomas after this year. Okay, yeah, yeah. Here, here he comes again. I think he really likes Derek Carr. I think he likes the young receivers. I mean, Rashid Shaheed was an undrafted guy last year who played really well. Chris Olave's played well. People kind of forget about Taysom Hill. And, and you guys know the errand series I yeah. run, where I run errands with with players. We get in the car and, and move around. We just did one with Juwan Johnson. Where I think if you ask Bucks fans who led the Saints in touchdown catches a year ago, it was Juwan Johnson, the tight end. So the offense is well-rounded. And with Derek Carr, I mean, that's the million-dollar question, New Orleans. Can Derek Carr get it done if he can? Boy, I really like this football team.
1: Yeah, and I'll even I'll ask you about the two kind of linchpins to that offense. Uh, you mentioned Michael Thomas, and I, I, I think he was, like, what, deadlifting, like, 500 pounds? So it looks <laughs> like, and he got drug yeah. tested, of course, the day after because it's the NFL. <laughs> uh, but he seems to be on the right recovery. So just an update on him, if you will. And then also, Alvin Kamara, uh, if – if we feel like there's probably a suspension coming down the line and how that makes the, the Andre Miller uh, pick even make more sense.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, when you look at Michael Thomas, we've been waiting for that season and boy, he had a great first game, Nick last year against yeah. the Atlantic Falcons and James played well, uh, leading the charge in that fourth quarter. Um, I just, it, it's almost like to me, Anthony Davis with the Lakers, you see spurts, but are we going to have the body of work? Can he maintain it for the whole year? If he can, this offense will be really potent with the Chris Olave, with the Rashid Shaheed, with the Taysom Hill, with the Jawan Johnson, with the good running game. You know, uh, is it Jamal Williams, right, with the, with the yeah, Lions. yeah, uh, They picked him up. Um, there's got to be a reason why the Lions let him go. But the Lions, I think we saw it in the draft, you know, getting more speed in the backfield. Jamal Williams, I think, will be a good stopgap for Alvin Kamara. But I like uh, Kendra Miller. It's funny how you want your running backs young and you like uh, – more experience with some other players, but Kendra Miller, you know, TCU didn't catch the ball a lot out of the backfield, but he's only uh 20 years old. I think he turns 21 or 20, I'm sorry, 22 next month, so not a lot of tread on the tires. So I think they they went after the running back they wanted. I know a lot of people in New Orleans wanted uh, uh Devon A chain out of Texas A&M, a smaller back but a lot more speed. I think they were a little disappointed there because it seemed like they had their pick in the litter. Weird year, guys, because you had a few running backs in that mm-hmm. first round. But then, you know, everybody picked a running back in the third round. So we'll see how it works out. But, you know, in terms of filling their needs, I think they're in good shape. It just comes back to the quarterback position. I think that's everything in New Orleans.
2: Well, and what's interesting there is is you could talk about Derek Carr's ability, and I think he's you know he's got all the tools to be a, yeah. a really good quarterback and, and win a Super Bowl in this league. I believe that. I was yeah. I was hoping that maybe the Bucks would go get him as well because it's not just the, that ability; it's the stability, it's the calming influence, it's knowing that you know Derek Carr is. I think he has one of the top fourth quarter comeback quarterbacks in the league, and that's you know that's a special quality, and that's what wins games, which wins divisions, which wins. You know, Super Bowl titles. You've got to win those close, close games. And having a quarterback who's calm in the moment that you know is going to be able to do that, like a Tom Brady, it's such a key component. And Carr brings that. I mean, you could talk about some of the downsides of him. He's not a perfect quarterback, but it's that leadership where guys know, yeah. hey, if we're in it in the fourth quarter, he's not going to make a stupid mistake. He's probably going to make some big plays and we're going to get the job done. And having that hope. Now, you know, the Bucs can look at their quarterbacks and think they got a guy that can do that, but they don't know it on a consistent basis they don't know it they haven't done it Carr's done it he's been consistent um he's been on a lot of bad teams so I think that leadership that grabby toss puts him above all the other quarterbacks in the division and thus puts the team above every quarterback in the division what have you seen or heard about his his impact in terms of being that guy that veteran leader I'm not going to say he's Tom Brady but he's like that veteran leader coming in and giving that 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 credibility to the franchise.
3: Well, not a good first impression on Twitter because he, uh, upon arriving in New Orleans, went to Chipotle. Uh, so the, uh, oh. veterans on the team said, we got to, we got oh. to help you out here. My friend Bad move. Bit. Yeah. Whoa. I put it out there on social media. Um, wow. the thing I worry about with Carr, frankly, I like the comfort with Dennis Allen, but if Sean Payton was their boy, I'd feel a lot better. I mean, think about it. It's the same with the bucks. You know, it's great to have Baker Mayfield possibly, But, you know, who was this young offensive coordinator? And Bruce Arian's in there. It's Todd Bowles. He's a defensive guy. It's, you know, Dennis Allen. He's a defensive guy. I know Pete Carmichael was there, but he's not Sean Payton, right? Right. Um, I feel like he's going to feel comfortable with Dennis Allen because, boy, they went through the wars together with the Raiders. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have that. He has the immediate respect of that locker room. But in terms of the adjustments in game – Are you going to have the coaching staff that's going to work with you and make those adjustments, JP? Just like Tampa, I think there's a parallel there. I don't know how your new offensive coordinator is going to be. He learned under Pete Carroll. You know, Pete Carmichael worked under Sean Payton for years, but we got to see it, right? We got to see it.
1: I got, I got to go back real quick. What's the problem with Derek Carr going to Chipotle? Did I, what did I miss here? Oh,
2: see, here we go. What did I, what did I miss
3: here? Tell him, Mike. If it was in Lutz, where I live, okay, but it's (laughs) New Orleans. It's the greatest food city in the world. You don't know, go to a chain restaurant, oh, for God's sakes. What are you doing? This is fire. This. 20 restaurants better than Chipotle right now. I, I mean, he this does personally, personally. He, <laughs> hey, he looks though.
2: at Chipotle like it's freaking Burns. Are you kidding me? That's <laughs> with these kids. That's all they look. Oh, Chipotle. Look, it's real food. They're cooking I, it right look, in front of up.
1: me. Hold up. <laughs> I'd rather have Chipotle over Burns any day of the week and twice oh, on Sundays. Oh, my God. That's hot t-
2: that
3: is a hot take right there.
1: That's, That's a horrible
2: it. take. It's a horrible take. What are you doing, I, and man? I'm, and if
1: they sold a dessert, a little cheesecake on the side, I'm sure it would be better than anything that I got in that dessert room when I went to Burns.
3: I love, I'll the, put you know it what? I love the loyalty though, the dedication. You're you're sticking by your guns, Nick. I appreciate that. Well, I have to no, stick to mine. No, I have it's to. Disgusting. All right, I'll, it's I'll, disgusting.
2: I'll switch from Chipotle before. I can't you... <laughs> I can't fire you on your birthday, so no, no you I'll, can't I'll just, do that. I'll just you depend like I just just act like you never never even said this. Oh my <laughs> god.
3: Manders, Emeralds, Holy. Acme Oyster House, Dragos. I just keep going here. I mean Chipotle. Like on right. and on and on. Right, I'll get back to the football question. did they give the E. coli?
2: Is that extra? Do you have to order that extra Chipotle? Chipotle that right. come with the meal? Sorry, well that That's will a, not be a sponsor
3: of the JP Peterson show.
2: <laughs> not, not anytime soon.
3: No. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no. I'll switch back to. They football. have agencies. They I'll, would
1: never. <laughs> let, me, let me switch back to football, please. I don't want to talk about Chipotle anymore. Uh, so I'll ask you this, because obviously I think we all think the Saints are are the favorite because of the quarterback position, but mm-hmm. elsewhere in the division, if you're a Saints fan, which team do you think you're probably keeping your eyes on most based on what you saw? This offseason between Bucks, Falcons, and Panthers, because I think all three teams have taken steps to becoming maybe a better football team than they were last year.
3: I like the Bucks. Um, you know, I, I don't. There's a lot of. It's funny, Baker Mayfield. It's one or the other lane, isn't it? There's no middle ground with Baker Mayfield. I think people forget that Baker Mayfield under under good coaching, he had one year in the NFL. What do you have? 26 touchdowns and eight picks. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he had a good season. He has it inside him. Shouldn't have played. His last year in Cleveland, he was no. banged up, and then he gets thrown around. And I was actually impressed when you put him with a good coach uh, in L.A. Yeah. With 48 hours to prepare for a football game, he played well. A lot of these guys, as you know, they just need good coaches. You get to this point in your athletic career, you're a pretty good player for the most part. You need consistency, which he hasn't had, and you need someone you can lean on. And I think that's really the same for Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield. I like what the Bucks did in the draft. Uh, this Cody Macha, I want to meet this guy. I mean, this instant marketing sensation over there, but fills a need. Um, and I love, you know, can too. I think that filled a need, too. I, I don't great know pick. how great these guys are going to be. I always say that when I do these post-draft shows. But just like the Saints, I think they did what they had to do in the draft. And I like what they've done with free agency. Um, Kyle Trask, who knows? But I think Baker Mayfield, if he gets the right comfort level with his coaching staff, I think he could be all right.
2: I do too. I, I'm, I'm so excited to see this offense, uh, uh, and, and I've said this a lot in this program, talking to somebody last night about it as well, is people just see you know losing Tom Brady. Oh, they're just going to take a, ba- a step back offensively. No, we're going from the dark ages of, of the NFL offense where you have a guy standing still back there who can't move trying right. to pick apart a part of defense. It's right. not the, that game anymore any you know and 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 who wasn't emotionally or mentally into it last year anyway it wasn't Tom Brady that was an imposter you got a guy this year in Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask both who can move who can RPO could do all those things to get defenses confused in the modern day NFL and and they still have two of the, they still have i would say a top 5 receiving core with a 100% Godwin and yeah. Mike Evans coming back and and hopefully Uh, Russell Gage, who's not battling a hamstring injury, who was once a very productive receiver in this league. Mm -hmm. Um, And they got Rashad White, who I think is going to be much better an offensive line that's going to be better just because they're running an offense that's more unpredictable. I think this offense is going to be markedly better. And as I mentioned to Nick, to me, the keys for me are number one. And you mentioned it. Head coaching. It's head coaching that 's mm-hmm. my biggest question mark, as much Absolutely. as I love Todd Bowles as a human, his record as a human as, as, as a head coach as and a lack a of accountability is not good it 's yeah. not good and he 's continued it this off season by continuing to to coddle devin white mm-hmm. who 's you know giving the finger to the organization and and the fans yeah. and just keep saying we 're not trading him he 's my best player blah 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 right. it just, it's just it 's incongruent, and i don 't think even though I think Todd is, is in this off season has been more. Seems to be more in charge, and like I'm, I'm I'm more gonna be my team. I I just, it's a question mark for me. Not saying he can't do it. It's a big question mark for me.
3: Yeah, I just, I feel like with the right coaching staff, Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield can be very good quarterbacks in this league. Uh, Obviously, Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr, it was uh, not a good situation. Uh, It didn't, the chemistry wasn't there. But think about a guy like Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees, it didn't really work for him in San Diego. He liked Marty Schottenheimer, but Marty Schottenheimer is like Todd Bowles and he's like, uh, exactly. I mean, we could go down the defensive coaches here. Um, so you got to have a fit with your coordinator who's calling the plays, not only the confidence in you to call the plays, but to make the adjustments. And that's, you know, when I wrote my book on Brees. Doug Flutie loved Drew Brees, but he was jealous. He didn't get to play for Sean Payton, someone that put him in shotgun in a situation where he could succeed because Doug Flutie never had that his entire career. Right, right. I remember sitting down with Doug Flutie and saying, you know, what about Kyler Murray? And he's like, don't get me started. You know, I mean, (laughs) that's the whole key to making it as a professional quarterback is having a coach who believes in you and then will call plays within your strengths.
2: So you're saying, like, when you're heading into uh, – with 45 seconds left in a game, you don't want Tom Brady calling a timeout because he might throw a pick? You, <laughs> so you're saying that's not a good game management technique? Right. So,
3: exactly. That <laughs> <and laughs> is amazing, though. Let's be honest. How the Saints own Tom Brady except for the one, one game. We're one game, the game. One game. Oh, one one game that really mattered.
2: You know, and that's the thing. If you really look at it, as much as, you know, New Orleans wants to say – that they can, you know, take out their voodoo dolls on Tom Brady and everybody else. Yeah. That's your your Saints team seems to be a little cursed in that level. I mean, the miracle in Minnesota, oh. the the oh. the, the non call in the I mean, oh. and then the only game you lose to Brady is the one you really needed to win. I'll give you a great
3: story. Um, after the no call game, I host this live post game show outside the Saints locker room. Sean Payton used to have this white tent. And he would have family and friends in there. And you never knew who would be in there. It was amazing the celebrities that would come out of there. And so what was great about Breeze is he was actually better after a loss. He was great after the Minnesota Miracle. He was great after the no-call. So after we finish up the post-game show and Breeze is my last guest, Vince Vaughn walks out of the white tent. And he looks at me. He's like, boy, I bet that was a fun show, huh? (laughs) Hey. But you're Great right. Record. It's been, it, it's been. They should have had at least one more Super Bowl appearance, maybe two. It's, it was crazy. The Peyton
2: Breeze era. It, it really was. And then you didn't say, yeah, Vince. I could have used some, you know, levity in this show. <laughs> and you could have, one of the greatest comedic actors yeah. in the history of film. Who are you? Could have helped the brother out. and said Where you? sat you? in the tent the whole time and watched me wither on the vine on the no call game. You could have been, you could have been a brother and helped me out here. And you sat in there drinking scotch the whole damn time, you son of a bitch. Timing uh, is
3: everything, Vets. Where were you?
2: <laughs> That's what I would have said, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, all right, my friend. Tell everybody what you got going on content-wise with errands and everything else. What's happening?
3: Man, it's uh, a really good series. We're approaching uh, episode number 25 with the New Orleans Saints. And we're uh, talking to other networks, too. So we're really excited about the future. But errands, like you're running errands, check it out on YouTube. And I'm on Twitter at Mike Neighbors. As well,
2: the errands are fantastic. Go check them out. We absolutely love them. And thank you, Professor, for sharing some of those uh, life lessons. T G I T. I copyrighted that, so don't take it. Thank God it's today. You hey, guys today, it. boys and girls. Because it's today. Damn right, Cinco de Mayo. It's today. All right, brother. Thank you very much. The great Mike. Thank you guys. right there. Uh, see, you don't. Know, you learn football. You learn baseball on the show. And you learn life lessons, and. To have tequila in your coffee, and when it's cinco de mayo. I mean, yesterday, these, these we, yesterday you,
1: we got law advice too. We got uh, we got if you want to be a booster, how you donate. We got all these life lessons in in this show, right?
2: Yeah, we we learned it, this week. We learned about the stink face. Like who knew? The, I didn't. Stink, I had no idea about this, the rashiki stink the, face.
1: The, I'm surprised you remembered the name of the of the wrestler.
2: Yeah, that just
1: actually no, you got it wrong. You said rashiki, didn't you?
2: Yeah, isn't that oh, that's the Disney character? R- right now. R- Rikishi. <laughs>
1: Rikishi, which that was the best moment of this week. I don't care. Rikishi. Everything else has taken a backseat to you learning what stink face is.
2: Rikishi. Not Rishi. Rishiki was in uh, um, what was that movie. What the hell is the movie? I ah, forget it. It's one of those Disney movies I'm trying to forget. Um, uh, all right. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll talk, some, uh, talk about the list about the nal well that was interesting last night we're brought to you by the golden diamond source it is mother's day coming up folks do not forget to get something for mom great selections at the gold and diamond source whether you want to get her diamonds whether you want to get her a nice watch whatever it is they have great sales going on right now and, of course, they are such good folks in the community. We love to keep everything local with our local companies. So you know you're going shopping for long. You're going to get her something shiny. So go to the Golden Diamond Source and please tell them JP sent you. It's 3,800 Olmerton Road, just about 10, 15 minutes from downtown Tampa. You're driving really fast, and you can get a great gift. Back in three. Stay with us. Coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60 year plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italianos team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the mortgage guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? folks that's big money rates are going up they're going down they're going all over the place scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates email him scott at com or call 813-294-7595 that's fitz the mortgage guy lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place you need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal that's my man scott he's done three loans for me Done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813 294 7595, or go to scott at amstampa.com. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life Changer, You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's eight four four nine seven seven thirty four seventy seven 977 3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Tell them JP sent you. Get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. 29 or go to jeeveslawgroup.com
0: coming back at you now more with JP on fan stream sports
2: it's only just begun. all right welcome back to the JP Peterson show brought to you by the great folks at American mortgage services our good friend Scott Fitzgerald over there who will uh, he will take a look at your loan situation and your home situation your debt situation and give you the right uh, ingredients to, to make a great choice. And that's what he does over there. A lot of folks just want to get you a mortgage and make the most money, get the most fees out of you. That's what they're there for. Scott wants to help you. So you'll come back time and time again. That's what he gets. He all, everybody that's ever done a mortgage with Scott definitely goes back and does another one with him and repre- and uh, recommends him to everybody else. Uh, he's done three of my mortgages. So if you're in that boat and right now you're saying, ah, maybe I don't want to buy, R- rates are too high, they'll figure out a way to make it work for you. Get a lower price, uh, get some different programs going with their mortgage. They know all the different things that are happening right now. So have a conversation with them. Just find out what it's going to cost you, where you can save. Uh, they know all the information in the ins and outs. You don't. Don't just look at the market rates right now and say, ah, I'm not going to do it, can't do it. It's too high right now. Wait for them to come down. Because guess what? They may not come down for a long, long time. They may keep going up. So find out from the experts and that's the great folks at American Mortgage Services. Clayton over there runs the joint, and Scott, who's uh, the best in the business at getting a mortgage. So just email him, Scott at AMS Tampa, Scott at AMS Tampa dot com. Um, all right. Uh, we've talked a lot of the uh, Buccaneers today and Rays. We've got to talk a little bit of hockey, even though the Lightning aren't in it. And oh, what do you know? The Leafs are down 2 <laughs> 0 to the Panthers oh I, I i didn't see uh Dubas had a meltdown last night the, One of the guys in the in the chat said that
1: oh yeah he had a you yeah. have to go see the clip uh complete meltdown after Toronto blew its lead and he turns around and he like grabs his water bottle or his cup and just throws it in the back of the box right there he's going ballistic <laughs> and Jason spetz is just sitting there like this.
2: Yeah. Like, like he doesn't yeah. know
1: what to do with himself while Dumas right. has a has a temper tantrum. I this is to me the problem with Toronto. <clears throat> and I just it doesn't matter if they want a playoff series. The pressure that is yeah. under this guy to build a winner, given the rosters that they've had and the roster they have this year, anytime something goes wrong, just in the slightest, I mean, he goes ballistic. He goes insane. It's like he can't deal with the pressure of like being the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, that's kind of like my my take on that, and I mean, I tell you what, everything that's, it's, everything that's happened in the playoffs, it continues to soften the blow a little bit of the Lightning not right. by being by being injured anymore. Uh, I love Maple Leafs fans after they beat the Lightning in the streets, thousands of them. Oh, we like want won the Florida. Cup. We want Florida. Do you? <laughs> they wanted. They they thought because they weren't playing Boston. Oh goodness! Thank goodness we don't have to play Boston. We don't have to slay that demon too. We just get Florida, right? Yeah. Well, Florida is playing. I'd argue the best hockey right now of the teams that are left, they're the hottest team at the moment. They're playing with the most confidence. They've played five games in the last nine days. As Paul Maurice said yesterday, five games in the last nine days of the most intense hockey that you'll ever be in. And right. they have answered the call. Five straight wins over the Bruins and the Maple Leafs. It's I why like and they're proving why I said I think Florida is the team to come out of the East. I think they are the team to come out of the East, and now this series goes back to back to Florida. Toronto's got to come all the way back down here again. You already know that their confidence is probably shattered. And listen, they just don't—they have not played that well in this playoffs.
2: They haven't. They just—they ha- they shouldn't have got through the first round. That's why we said that. We said it. They're not beating the it's Panthers. It's not surprising not it to anybody. me.
1: Like it's—it's it's weird because they have the talent and the skill to do it, but they're not playing a skill game this year. And that's what Vasilevsky said last year when they played him. It was a lot of skill that they were beating them on. They just had more skill than the Lightning, and the Lightning had to grind their way through it, and it was almost flip-flopped in that series. The Maple Leafs had to grind their way through it, and it's continued against Florida. Florida looks a lot faster. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, you want to talk about impact of the new signing? McDavid's going to win the MVP, but to me that guy should probably come in right behind him how important he's been. Carter Verhage doing his thing, the former Bolt. Bobrovsky's found his confidence all of a sudden in the postseason. That's the big
2: thing right there. Uh, Florida, to me, looks tough to beat in general right now. Well, and and that being said, they still got out shot last night, 37-29. to They got out face-off, I think, 70% to 30%, the Panthers did. But they got the big goals when they needed to get them. And and that's, you know, isn't that just the way – This the hockey is in in the playoffs. It's the guys, the big time players that step up and get the big goals. Are are you know that's that's what it's all about and getting great goaltending. And Bobrovsky's been fantastic. Uh, He's been under siege and he's he's you know he's hot. He's a hot goalie right now, and you can ride a hot goalie to a lot of different wins. But I do I do believe it's more about Toronto gripping their sticks and just the pressure of, of playing at home. You know and 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 here's the thing. You know that that whole emotional let off that they had after beating the lightning right that yeah. was that was their whole thing and they, and they were another like they exhaled right can't do that in the playoffs you can't exhale in the playoffs you you have no time for that and you thought you did something you thought you won something with the first round you won squat yeah. you didn't win a division you won a first round series that's squat we don't celebrate them around here in Tampa Bay we celebrate cups we don't celebrate first round y'all like oh the lightning in the first round who've been playing 7,000 playoff games in the past three years, all condensed, you know, and you, and you got outplayed in the series, got some lucky tip-ins and you win a series and you act like you won the freaking cup. No wonder you're trash Toronto. Yeah. And you
1: got two teams. This matchup is it's two teams that have really been kicking at the can for the last few years that have had some really good rosters, right? Florida being a president's trophy winning team. We forget that. We forget that. Florida was a President's Trophy winning team last year, and I argue they got a lot better because I think Kachuk
2: to Huberto, there's a lot more impact there from a Matt Kachuk. From a playoff standpoint. They finally stopped building their roster for the regular season, exactly, and watched and, and what the Lightning did, and said, "Oh, you know, we've got to be more varied. We've got to have a little bit more grit, a little bit yeah. more sandpaper, and, a little bit more toughness." And they look like the, the team.
1: They look like the team that's played the Lightning the last two years in the postseason. Now Toronto's done that as well, but Florida really is playing like that team that got throttled by the Lightning back-to-back years, because that's honestly what happened. Yeah, and they learned that you have there's another intensity that you have to ramp up to, right? And yep. you have to have a goalie you can count on, and that's, that can't be overstated. You have a hot goalie in the playoffs, like you said. You can ride that all the way to a cup final. How do I know that? St. Louis did it in 2019 with Jordan Bennington, for right. crying out loud. I mean, that's just yeah. kind of how this goes. And it's not that Samsonov's not playing is playing poor or anything. I mean, I, I don't think he was that bad yesterday. I mean, Toronto kind of let him down in front of him. You have a two-low lead in the playoffs. I mean, you like to shut that down? Yeah, uh, The Lightning definitely could tell you that one. You need to shut yep, those exactly. down. And now Toronto's on the wrong swing of things. But, yeah, I don't get a good vibe from them. I love Florida. I like Paul Maurice. He's a coach that's been there, done that in this league for a long time. Uh, Sheldon Keefe is still worrying about the officials. I mean, it seems like every game they got a problem with the officials. Yep, yep. I mean, Sam Bennett. Worried about the
2: wrong things, man.
1: They worried about Sam Bennett yesterday, which I don't know if you got a chance to see the Sam Bennett shenanigans. Last night, it wasn't the greatest look. There was a moment he had Matthew Nyes behind the net, and he kind of took him down and was giving him the business yeah, without the puck. That. And then the cross check on Bunting, which I don't know how much sympathy I really have because it's Michael Bunting, but no, he gives I, him a, he gives him a nice rather, he gives him a nice cross check. Uh, he gives him a cross check to the it. ear, and he goes down. He's clearly like he's not even making an attempt to get up. He's clearly hurting from it. And Bennett says, "All right, well, I'm already getting the penalties, so I might as well just give him another one just for good measure." Maybe not the greatest look, and he got the maximum fine today, but they were all calling for him to be suspended. That didn't happen. So I, th- I think Toronto needs to just worry about their game right now because I don't like it one bit.
2: You know, and it's interesting. You mentioned the Kachuk and the Huberdu thing, and I, I think you can look at the Lightning roster kind of the same way. And, like, when you bring in guys like, um, you know, Coleman uh, and some of the changes that they've made over the years, you know, the the the, the, the Tanner Genos of the world um, – you you get Barkley Goudreau comes to mind, Savard comes to mind. You know these are these are mm. men who are serious, bigger, tough hockey players. Yeah. And sometimes you know people say, well, they're tough, so they're not skilled. No, no, they're still skilled players, but they're they're guys that, and this is a key. There are some guys that can play, you know, three, four nights, in, you know, in seven, and bring the same energy in the playoffs. It's a, it's that inner toughness. That you can get out there and give it hundred percent. Two nights later in the playoffs. Two nights later in the playoffs. Two nights later in the playoffs, where you can just keep coming back. You're, you just, you know, guys like this. There are guys that are tough, right? They're just, they're grown ass men. They're tough. They, they meet the moment. And there are other guys that kind of, you know, that are maybe a little bit more pretty boyish. Maybe yeah. you're just a little bit more, you know, not as don't have the intestinal fortitude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To get up and do it every night. And they, they, they skate well and they look pretty and they have nice skills, but the, the grind of the playoffs grinds them down and they feel sorry for themselves. And they're just, you know, and they, you don't get the player that you got during the regular season because yeah. everybody's out there. The ice, you know, ice is a lot more open, but when you start getting grinded on, right, on yeah. every freaking other night. How do you react? Do you shrink in the moment or do you, Matthew Kachuk, and start giving it back to other people? And right. I'm not picking on Huberto. I'm not picking on him, but I just think it's, I think Julian Briesbar kind of saw that kind of player and said, We need more of those guys. We need more of those guys yeah. if we're going to compete in the playoffs.
1: Well, I think if you go back to that series last year against Florida where they got swept. I mean, Huberto was coming off a season where he finished like top three in scoring like with the points and everything. And what was the problem? It's like he had zero impact. He refused to shoot the puck. He was a bit pass happy. And I think Florida said, okay, that's just not going to fly in this game. And we don't have enough sandpaper.
2: What are you doing when you're passing the puck, right? What are you doing when you're passing it all the time? You're not getting hit.
1: Yeah, you're not getting hit. You're getting rid of the puck. Not, you stick, you yeah. try to make
2: a play, you're keeping it on your stick, you're going to have to take a hit. Yeah, to get whereas hit.
1: Kachuk, you know, you know who Matthew Kachuk reminds me of, and I think old school hockey fans who I think will get this, and maybe even you if you watch the documentary. He is this generation's Claude Lemieux. That, that is what Matthew Kachuk is. Now, yeah. I'd argue Matthew Kachuk was a better regular season player than Claude Lemieux was, but Claude Lemieux was a good regular season player, but an all-time playoff player. There's a reason why that guy's got four Stanley Cups and a con smite to his name. Elevating his game to the next level. When it got physical, and you can call Claude Lemieux dirty if you want. People have said that Matthew Kachuk has been dirty in the past before. Bottom line is those are the type of guys I want on my team in the playoffs because the evidence there is they win games. So I think he's this generation's Claude Lemieux. He's a throwback as if I've ever seen one uh, in the modern NHL. And I think that's why Florida, I think he's the best player in that series. I Take Matthews out of the equation, take Marner. This guy, to me, is the best player in that series. And I'd argue right behind McDavid
2: and Drysidal in the entire NHL right now. Yeah. Yeah, and how about Edmonton? That's, uh, um, they're playing tonight, right? They're back at it tonight after Dreisaitl's uh, four goals. They got a day or... off
1: today, actually. So tonight okay. we got the one game on, eight, on TNT, Devils and Hurricanes, tonight. After Carolina just completely dominated the Devils. What was it, 5-1? In their yeah, first game, so. yeah. which yeah. I did not see that coming at all, so Edmonton and Golden and Vegas get back at it tomorrow night uh and then last night we also had the stars
2: in the Kraken. they even it up at one watch a little bit of that the stars uh yeah Eric picked them to win the cup, and you know they look good they're they're a very balanced team they've got you know they've got everything they need to win it no they, question they got about the best it.
1: goaltender remaining in the n h l right true. now yeah,
2: yeah. no question about it, so um
3: yeah, and I want to talk
2: a little NBA, too, while we're in this, this playoff segment here. Last night, the Lakers got smoked 127-100 after beating the Warriors in Game 1 when Anthony Davis just went off. So what did I say? Well, <laughs> let's see if Anthony Davis can keep it up. And what do you know? What do you have, 11 points? that He went from 30 to 11 points. What, do you have seven points. Like a complete no.
1: Is this is yeah. this the Anthony it's, Davis
2: experience, man. You can't win. Well, with, it's like just, no. what we just talked about in hockey, right? Uh, he can give you one game. But that's it, you know, he's not going to be consistently coming out and, 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 and playing to that energy level and that toughness level. It's like, you know, it's two nights later, I can't do it again. It's, that's the thing,
1: it's like, you can have a bad game. Some guys just have an off night, right? Yeah. But he just gets to certain points where it looks like he doesn't even want to play. That's right. the thing, he's not motivated. He, has he no was no with the split. The guy's he got, was happy with the exactly, split. Exactly, the guy's got no inner drive. That's what bothers me. And you got LeBron saying, you know, after the first game, that guy's going to have his number in the rafters, you know, in the Staples Center. No, he's not. This guy's been off the court. He's going to get traded. He's been off the court like 65% of his tenure with the Lakers. Yeah. And you can't count on him in a big moment at all, save the bubble. Like, And this was my other thing with the Lakers. What did I tell you? If they can't shoot the three in this series, they got no shot. They shot, what, 31% from three yesterday? 29% from three yesterday. And the well, majority what, of those came from Rui Hachimura off the bench. The, the Warriors
2: shot 50% from three. Yeah, you're not going to beat them when they're, when they're shooting like that. But the reason they did is, is, is because L.A. did not play the defense, the, the perimeter defense that they no, played they the, did not. two nights before. They, la- they got their split, and they were like, okay, we're happy with that. And that's what losers do. You know. And it's just, they're, not, they're not beating the Warriors. The Warriors have a championship mentality. The Lakers have a star mentality. And other than LeBron, LeBron knows how to you – know, LeBron's got to look AD in the eye and go, But LeBron, dude, where were you? Yeah, LeBron – And last, night, to last more. night, one more point. In the first game, the Lakers had a 54-28 to 28 advantage in the paint. That was AD making himself known. And he's as, as big and as athletic as he is. He should be doing that every freaking game. And then last night, the Warriors had a 48-42 uh, in the paint – edge you don't turn it around like that if unless somebody was injured and came back and some big man came back that's that's just effort that's energy and and that's the Warriors oh Oh, I see what we got to do. Let's make an adjustment, and we'll will ourselves to take that away from them.
1: They did make a little adjustment. They took out Kayvon Looney out of the lineup, and they threw Jermichael Green in there.
2: Yeah, who who, played really well. Who was
1: there for his defense, and he played really well, but he also gave you 15 in the lineup as well. three threes. He had three threes, so that's the other thing that he adds to them. So uh, I will say, I mean, go off history here. This was an interesting stat I found. The Lakers, they have a nine-game win streak in series – when it's tied 1-1. So when it gets to 1-1, this team, and it's the longest streak in NBA history, by the way, so history will tell us that the Lakers are going to come back on Saturday at home and they're going to win a basketball game. But for their ability to get out of this round and even go further if they have any of those aspirations, they got to have the Anthony Davis that you saw in the first game every night. And I feel like the other big men around the league, if you watch Jokic play, you get the same Jokic every night, no? You get the same Jokic. You want Embiid when he's healthy, because right now he's not really healthy. He's playing through it, which respect to him, by the way. He should be out for four to six weeks, they said, and he's playing through it. So respect to him for that. But when he's healthy, you get the same Joel Embiid. Any other big man, it's the same thing. You just don't get it with Anthony Davis. And as great as LeBron is, LeBron needs help. He needs help, and that's that's not taking anything away from his greatness. He needs some guys around him to make the plays, and he really needs Anthony Davis because I don't think you can count on D'Angelo Russell from a night-to-night basis. He might have a game here and there where he'll drop 30, and Reeves and Hachimora, you know, they're good players, but yeah. you need Anthony Davis, man. Your stars have to be your stars, and right now, Golden State, they can count on Curry and, and Clay every single game. The The Lakers right now
2: just can't. Yeah, AD's got to step up and be able to play back-to-back games the way he played the other night. There's no reason – I mean, everybody's like, oh, 30 and 11 or whatever it was, or 20, whatever it was, rebounds. It's like, that was crazy good. That guy, as big as he is and athletic as he is, he should be doing something like that every night. And like you say, not the fact that he never plays, you know, it's time and time again, just goes to his toughness, his lack of desire, and, you know yeah. – he couldn't play with Michael Jordan. I can tell you yeah. that right now. Michael would not <laughs> would not be putting up with that. Well, yes. How about and how about this? This was a shocker too right. in the NBA. The holes are getting fired. Yeah. Um, in Milwaukee. I mean, the best record in the league. You bow out in the first round. I get it. You know, Miami was a, you know, Jimmy Butler's a hell of a playoff player.
1: I don't care what Miami that, did in the regular season. They're a really good playoff team every year because they, exactly. have, they have a great, they have a championship head coach and they have Jimmy Butler who elevates his game unlike anybody I've seen in the playoffs. So, I mean, Giannis got hurt too, like early in the series. They just won, right. they just won a final two years ago. Yes. This to me is like, again, I mean, I hate to bring everything back to the Lightning because it sounds so Homer- Homerism sometimes, but right. I'm like, again,
2: but they're a successful franchise.
1: You have I mean, stability at the front, the head coach, John Cooper. How many times could the Lightning could have said, no, nah, we're good, we're going to go get a new guy. It's not working. They could have. But you've got to stay the course, man. Like, the Bucks are set up long-term to win, as long as you have Giannis. And Budenholzer's right. a really good head coach. Like Why the, why the turnover? I, I don't well, understand they, it.
2: There were some questionable decisions in, you know, late in games where he didn't use timeouts, but I, I, timeouts are so overrated in the NBA because what do they do? They run the same plays. I so did Giannis, you know, I mean, there's not going to be any, any great mystery, maybe how you're going to get him the ball and where the screen's going to come from. But other than that, what are we really talking about here? It's the NBA for God's sake. And who your, you who are, need who are, players to step up and you've got to put your players in position to do it. Yeah, and who are you replacing Mike
1: Budenholzer with? Right. Who you replace exactly. him with? What's the Nick answer? Will we bring yeah. in Nick Nurse? Yeah. Which, by the way, makes no sense. If you are the Raptors, you continue to fire championship coaches and guys who are coaches of the year. They fired two head coaches of the year in the last four years. Absolutely yeah. insane how the NBA works. There. Um, I'll answer this question. RJ Martin. I think he's a Nuggets fan. He said, "Any thoughts on the Nuggets?" Um, I'll tell you this. I love them. I love them. I I think the Nuggets, they were the number one seed, and nobody was talking about them as a threat, really. Nope. And I think think it's because they've always just, to me, had a second-round ceiling. But Jokic has really showed up in these playoffs. They're deep, and I think they're running into the perfect opponent, believe it or not. I've been telling you all this this whole postseason, the Suns are in trouble. The Suns are in trouble. I think if Kawhi Leonard plays that whole series against the Clippers, it might have gone differently because the Suns have no bench. This bench is horrible. They cannot take Devin Booker out of the lineup and try to play winning. They cannot do it, and katie has been a little erratic. DeAndre Ayton is just bleh for me, and Chris Paul, I mean, it's every year. He's hurt in the playoffs. He's out for the next three games, so Nuggets are up 2-0. I think the Nuggets are going to take care of this series pretty easily uh, unless Devin Booker starts dropping
2: 50 or 60 a night, which he might do, to be honest with you. And who's got got an answer for for the Joker, uh, for the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors, I think are such a, uh, you know, a good balanced team. They can beat you in so many ways. Um, you know, Phoenix, as you, as you had pointed out, they're just a two headed monster. Aiton, Aiton can give you a, you know, he's a little like AD. He shows up every now and then, but not consistent enough. And then they gave away everything to, to get uh, Durant. So um, they've got no bench. They've got nothing left there. And two stars, you know, two stars used to be able to get you to the finals Not and maybe anymore. win you a championship. That no, doesn't work anymore, and and you can't count on Chris Paul. So, yeah, I think I think Phoenix is in trouble. So it looks like Denver and the winner of the Lakers, were, which I think is going to be the Warriors. So I think I think this might just be the Nuggets' year. It might just be the Nuggets' year. Um, you know, we'll 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 see. But the team coming out of the East, I, I don't I don't I don't know if anybody's. In Boston, so Jekyll and Hyde
1: yeah. too half the time. Yeah, them in Philly. That's an interesting series because you know Philly gets them in Game One, and the Celtics blow them out in the next one. Again, i Boston to me. There's something missing there. There, there's just something missing with Boston for me. Late game, are just terrible. Late game, yeah. I don't. I, the way they drawled up that last play, by the way, against the the Seventy Sixers, which we didn't talk about in Game One. I'm not sure Marcus... what
2: the.
1: I'm yeah, to Marcus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what are you doing, let me, ju-
1: let me just stick Tatum and Brown over in the corner, right? And let me just run the ball to Marcus Smart. And you might think, okay, maybe they were trying to get it to Tatum, who was running towards the basket. Marcus Smart didn't even look at him. He was no. taking that on by himself. So I don't like them in late games. Uh, and I don't really care for Philly right now because of Embiid's injury. And I know James Harden put up 45 in game one, but oh, he's, that ain't a, he's, again. he's very Jekyll or Hyde for me. Uh, yeah. So the East is a little hard, harder to forecast. But right now, I, I I think I'm probably leaning Miami at the moment. I Miami? think I'm leaning Miami. Oh. I'm a big Jimmy Butler guy, I think they got the best head coach by far. And Eric Spolstra, who knows how to get it done. They're deep. I think I'm going to go... Right now, I'm leaning Miami in the East. And in the West... I'm tempted to go with the Nuggets but I'm going to go with Golden State. I've been on the okay. I've been telling you Golden State was going to figure it out at some point and so I'm going to go Golden State in Miami right now. Is my no, I've,
2: I've I've always you know I'm am a Warriors fan. I used to be a bigger Warriors fan than I am now. <laughs> but I'm still I love the way they play basketball. I love their their team concepts. I love the way they adjust. They're just they they're to me um what a little bit of I don't want to say old school basketball, but they, they combined an the old school and the new school with Draymond and Steph like better than anybody does it in the game. Um, you know, they, Kerrs, Kerr's a, he's a terrific coach. Um, he just, they're just the gold standard right now, and I think they've, they've figured it out. But the Joker's just – he's special. He's he's special. He's unstoppable. He makes everybody around him better. Maybe he's um, a little
1: pissed off he didn't get the third MVP. I think he should be. He probably should be. I know he probably didn't really care or whatever. Like he had no reaction to it. But I think he, for me, he was the MVP of the league for the third straight year. I agree. I I think he should have won three. So I think this is, if the Nuggets are going to get it done in this window, I think this is probably the best year to do it. Because I think Phoenix is flawed and I think the Lakers are flawed. So I think it's going to be them and Gold State. This is their best year to do it.
2: Shohei, uh, he says Shohei Otani of of, uh, basketball. Joker is. He just, he does everything. He does you know, he runs your point. He he he's the best passer on the team, he's the best scorer on the team. He does he just does everything for you. And and everybody plays around him. And he'll never well, he's gotten two MVPs, so he's gotten the respect that he deserves. But I still I still feel like there's guys out there, especially a lot of analysts, that just don't believe in his game because it's not flashy. Well, Charles Barkley loves his game. He loves his game. But there's a lot of other haters out there that are just, you know, I uh, that's like yeah. You you gotta you gotta watch the results. I I think it's unconventional, but you gotta watch the
1: results. It might be unconventional, but I have a I have such an appreciation for it because the game is so fast, right? But he slows it down to like it to me, it takes so much patience to play that way. And I don't think that's for everyone, and maybe that's why there's kind of that, you know, maybe that narrative out there about him that he's just boring and I don't like the way he plays. It's taking away from the game or whatever. Like I got respect for it. He's one of one. He is one of one in the NBA right now, and the Nuggets are going to go as far as he can take
2: them. Well, I used to say this about Magic. You know, Magic could do anything that he needed to do on a given night, right? And he had the basketball to be able to know what he needed. moment, If nobody was rebounding, he'd go in there and grab every defensive board that he needed to get. If, if the team needed scoring – you know if Kareem goes down, I'll give you forty-two in the title game. Play center. Yeah. Uh, if, if you know, and Norm Nixon and, and Michael Cooper and Worthy are all hitting their shots, I'm just dishing all day long, coming up with twenty-three assists. You know, we need to stop them down defensively. What we we can push. You know, I can get my guys going. I can do my thing. I can do whatever. Joker's the same way. Whatever his team needs on a given night, he can give them. He can just go give them, fill the void, and 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 that's why they win as much as they do. And that's why he's he's the MVP. I
1: will ask but you, it's, I will ask you it ain't this, flashy. Uh, yeah, it's not. I, I will ask you this before we wrap up the NBA conversation. In relation to Curry, because uh, I said I think he might be playing, if it's possible, he looks almost as better as ever. I, I mean, just continue, yeah, the shots yeah. he continues to make. If he wins another finals here, and I think everybody thought last year was probably it for this core. It felt like the last hurrah, but they've come back this year and they figured it out. If he wins another final, Steph Curry... Are you comfortable as somebody who watched Magic Johnson of putting him over him as the greatest point guard of all time? Because that seems to be the big debate right now surrounding Steph Curry.
2: Yeah, I, I, I am. I, I think you know people will say that, that Curry changed the game, and he did. You know, it changed the game forever. So did Magic Johnson. You know, before Magic came along, six foot eight guys went to the post sorry you are in the post stop it you don't get the bounce the ball just get in there and shut up that all changed he he changed the game for big men to be able to be skilled um and i say be able to you know, i'm sure there were a lot of big men that could that could shoot and handle the ball back in the day you never got the chance to you just didn't because nobody could do it until magic came along so it opened it up for for all these other big guys to be you know the the, the um every every one of these these I'm trying to think of all – look at Joel Embiid. Look at his game right now. Look at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant came came out around in the 60s, 70s, or even the 80s. They just stuck him in the post, and he'd have been a skinny guy in the post. But magic changed the game. Now, in terms of taking shots now that nobody – used to be bad shots, that guy started to realize, you know what, if I work on making 25-footers and 27-footers, I can make them a lot. And so guys started practicing them and then making them, and then coaches started saying, okay – if you can make them, take them. And and so he changed the game to to open it up to to three point dominant uh game that it is today. So and and with the success that he's had and the fact that you know he's been able to overcome LeBron when you know LeBron the, the maybe the greatest player to ever play the game in those matchups. So this matchup matters, I think, for his legacy as well with LeBron. So yeah, I, I'm comfortable with saying that. I'm comfortable with saying that because up is is how many? What would did would uh, Magic won? What five titles? Five titles, yeah, yeah. So this would be five for Steph. Um, you look at the numbers. Yeah, I'm a Magic guy. I'm a Magic guy, but I think when you you look at the longevity, the numbers that he's put up, the three point shooting, the titles, all of that, yeah, you might have to give the nod to Steph. Yeah, I would I mean, agree. You might, I would agree. You with might that. have to do. That. All right, we'll take a break, come back, and we'll finish things up here get you ready for the weekend. Kentucky Derby coming up this weekend as well. Uh, A couple other notes I want to get to in some of the other sports. So quick break, back in three here on the J.P. Peterson Show. Stay with us. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. You can get on the new True Body machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on TrueBody and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com. Well, Fitz, the mortgage guy, did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to Scott at scottatamstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go right now.
0: Back to the show with JP on, on Fans fan stream sports.
2: All right. Welcome back to the JP Peterson show here. Uh, our thanks to all of our sponsors, uh, including the Jeeves law Group. Scott Jeeves came in yesterday. Appreciate him. Uh, also BAMMC.com Bay Area, modern medical center, Italiano insurance. Good time to do your insurance checkup folks. Um, I know your homeowner's insurance rates are going up. Why not let them shop them around? You might find a company that could save you a couple hundred, maybe a $1,000 here and there. So don't just go with the company that keeps raising your rates. I know you don't want to have the time to shop it around. You don't need the time. Just call the folks at Italiano, and they'll do it for you. eight eight one three eight seven seven seventy seven ninety nine Just give them a call and say, hey, you know, I just paid my bill. And even if you're in the middle of the year, you can still get a refund for what you paid and, and then pick up with the new insurance company. So don't let that stop you. Um, it's always a good time to shop those things around. So give them a, give them a call at 813-877-7799. Um, I was reading this story that uh, just popped up uh, on the on the Times website. Um, it says, uh, Ray is not likely to do better anywhere else, says St. Pete Council. And it, this is just blowing my mind. Let me read the first part of this for you. It says, Whatever St. Pete has offered to the Tampa Bay Rays to build a new ballpark, the city and elected officials... Won't share any details. (laughs) It's a good deal, according to a consultant working for the city in Pinellas County. David Abrams, an investment banker at Inner Circle Sports, emphasized that that belief in a text message to the St. Pete City Administrator Rob Gertis on April 7th, not trying to fire you up, this is a quote, but the deal on the table before any enhancements that we spoke about last Thursday is a really good deal for them, it read, not likely they're going to do better anywhere else text messages were received in a public records request by Tampa Bay Times. Um, The city has been purposefully tight lipped asking city council members to not share any updates they've received. City officials have avoided putting anything in writing or in emails to prevent creating public records. It's surprising to say the least said city council member uh, Lizette Hanawix. Hopefully I'm saying that right about Abrams text messages. They asked us not to share conversations and I'm respecting the process. If there is information out there, it has nothing to do with this with city council. Again, I asked this question: what are we doing here? Like, this is okay with everybody? We're gonna we're gonna do a multi-billion dollar deal here and investment in redeveloping the downtown Tropicana field site. And the Braves have asked all the city council members to be tight-lipped about it. I mean, again, we love this baseball team. We love what they're doing, and I'm not trying to get negative in any way. But how is this fiscally responsible by our government leaders? How is it responsible in any way to sit, to purposefully not have any conversations and, and skirt the sunshine laws that we have in this state? How is this okay? How is, I mean, and they're, and like, they're bragging about it. And a city council member is getting, getting angry when someone puts any public information about, about a deal that's going to be in the billions of dollars of taxpayer money. And they're just going to keep it all quiet until they vote on it? That's how this works? And everybody's okay with this? I mean, what, like, it, this, like, it sounds like, and, and, you know, not for nothing, but Stu Sternberg is being sued by his own partners who said he took tens of millions and screwed them out of hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's all in a lawsuit and shows a lot of, at the very least, uh, dishonesty with his partners. And he's telling you, St. Pete Council, hey, keep it on the down low, all this stuff. We don't want anybody to know about it. Don't talk about it in the press. Don't even put it in your text messages. And, and we're and like, this is okay? This is the process? This is the government process? Anybody want to ask the mayor if this is okay and he's okay with this? I just I, – I'm dumbfounded. Why are people not upset about this? If you're a St. Pete resident and you don't want to spend a billion dollars on a new stadium on a failed location, I think you might want to have some input in this, and this is not going to be – there's not going to be a vote on this. This is going to be the city council voting on it. How much – I mean, <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying there's any corruption here, but it's sure setting up an environment for a deal where – they give a lot of public money to a private business owner, a billionaire, without a whole lot of public discussion on what the deal is going to be. Not even any any feedback from the public at all. Let's see what the deal is. How much are we giving Stu Sternberg? What what? How much is who's paying what? And we're just and, and we want to keep it all secret. And that's okay. No, it's not okay, folks. It's not okay. And I appreciate the the reporters from the Times trying to and making their best efforts to get this information. But the fact that, I mean, what, is anybody asking the mayor, why are you keeping this so quiet? Why why is there not public discussion about this? You know why? Because he's getting ready to, to spend a billion dollars on a stadium in a failed location. Because he doesn't want to, quote, lose the raise, which is ridiculous. You're not losing the raise if they build a stadium in Tampa. And you know, and to you know, people want to talk about Tampa doesn't have any money. Well, Tampa's never going to give a billion dollars to, to Stu Sternberg to build a stadium. And you know what Stu's going to do? He's going to he's going to get the stadium built, take all that public money, sell the team, and be gone. And we're going to be left with a stadium in a bad state, in a bad location. And it's the worst. And when the team gets bad, and it will get bad, that's the way baseball works. Nobody's going to show up, and you're going to have a white elephant there in the middle of downtown St. Petersburg where you could have built a convention center that would be much better use of the public money and a mayor and city councilman who knows what they're getting in secret for their votes. That's not the way the process is supposed to work at all. And I, I just, I, I feel like this is going to going down a very bad road. This is how it got done in Miami. Right. And what ended up happening? happening, they got, they, they're spending, a, after financing, you know, a billion and a half, maybe two billion on a stadium that's in a horrible location because the Miami, the city council got paid off. They didn't want to lose the Marlins to Broward County or somewhere else where it would have been better built in a more central location. So we're going to do the same thing here. We're going to let a corrupt process continue. Now, get it's not, you know, it's not my money. It's not my taxpayer money, but it's yours in St. Petersburg. Are there any residents of St. Petersburg that would like to pipe up and say, "Hey, let's see what's going on. Let's see what what what's this great deal that you're getting that we're hearing about. What what is this great deal that we're giving Stu Sternberg to to keep the rays here where they don't belong in terms of central location." I mean, this is <laughs> this is beyond bizarre. It's beyond bizarre. And folks, for those of you who say, "Well, listen, at this point I don't care where it is." Because I don't want to lose the team. The team's not going anywhere. They're not leaving this market. What you don't want is a stadium in a failed location. You you don't want that, and that's what's that's what's going to happen. Because then you've got then you've got more what then you've got attendance issues that are going to keep popping up, and, and just simply and because. And you could do so much better in Tampa. Everybody is everybody knows this. This is not. This is not conjecture. It's data-based fact. You're, you'll have bigger crowds, bigger capacity, more businesses for premium seating means more revenues, which means you can keep up with the big boys in terms of payroll. That's 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 the synopsis of it. You can't do that in St. Petersburg. And this dream of many of honest, $69 million is not as great it is not going to last forever. It's not going to last forever, folks. So we need... We, we need to be more long-term thinking, and Major League Baseball need, needs to be more long-term thinking. And for God's sakes, just in, in terms of uh, legalities and a fair process, shouldn't the people of St. Petersburg know what's going into this before their city councilmen vote on this? Are they If, if they want to keep this process secret, that's fine. Can we get a pledge from the city council? that once you get the process and you get your deal out there that you have a month of public comment to see what, before you vote on it, can we get that pledge or a couple of months so people can digest what, what the deal is and give some feedback to the city council? That seems fair. That seems, can we get it? If, if, while all these city councilmen are answering questions about how, how, all the lengths that they're going to, to keep all this secret and under the table Can we at least get a pledge from the mayor that says, once we get this thing worked out and what the deal is going to be, we're going to present it to the public for public comment? Are we just going to ramrod this deal through and vote in the middle of the night before the deal has even gotten any public comment? Let's let's see what happens. But I think those questions should be asked more than more than anything. All right, anything else out there that we, we need to uh, We do have a comment? Kentucky
1: Derby tomorrow, believe it or not. We do, we do. I yes. don't recall that ever being. I thought this was usually later in the month of May, but I guess it's early this month. I don't know. But we got the yeah. Kentucky Derby tomorrow. I've already begun putting in my – or looking at my odds for this weekend. And let me tell you who I'm picking for this week. I don't know if you've looked at the field, but – Have not, have not. <sighs> remember last year, we remember it was Rich Strike who got – the winner was the winner last year, and that was the horse that had the least odds, if you recall, that got in as an alternate, I believe.
3: Right. Yes. So who
1: am I picking this year? I'm picking the alternate from this for this year, who got into the Kentucky Derby because somebody was scratched, including having a fever. How about that? A horse has a fever and has to get scratched from the field. And the horse's, name, the horse's name is Cyclone Mischief, which I love the name. Cyclone, Ooh. mischief. It just sounds badass. Horse has seven career starts, two wins, and three third-place finishes. So I like, I like the small history there. 30-1 uh, to one long shot to win. Uh, and they just came off a victory in the Florida Derby as well. So they oh, your hometown in, uh, horse. Hometown horse coming in hot. Lightning strikes twice again. I think the long shot is going to get it done tomorrow at Churchill Downs.